What do you mean you're scared? Uh, snap. Bing bong. Hey, everybody. It's Youth Minister Podcast. Uh, it's Zach working hanging out with Jen. Sorry, every time I hear that's always my cue. And the, when the, the music hits, it hits the little ding dong. So, Bing yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. It's probably worth an outtake. But I just wanted to share it with my. No, he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. Uh, we're here back for another episode of the Youth Ministry Booster Podcast. Uh, this is going to be a really good one. We've got several here in a row. Uh, that we feel like we're relevant and timely. But Chad, before I get into the meat of our conversation, I want to get into the ghoul of our conversation. We're mid-September. So into October, we're going to begin to really question this. It's spooky season, as the kids say. <laughs> Nobody says that. Yes, they do. It's spice and spooky season. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. PSL and a spook house, too. Yeah. Haunted houses, hex houses, you in, you out, we going? Oh, we should go. We I should go and going. film it together. I need more field trips with you on video. Here, dude, here's the thing. That. The thing. I didn't like them when I was younger. Well, of course, they're scary. And I definitely don't want to go now. You're scared now? Uh, I don't know that I'm scared. Yeah, no, I am. I don't, I don't like to be like jump scared like that, right? And there's always like. Like really big haunted houses have like, there's just like just weird sections, you know. I like, yeah. <laughs> there's there's some places that just don't make sense. Well, some of them are at a haunted Walmart, so they're gonna have weird sections. It's like come to this hot spooky sporting goods. <laughs> my, my thing is like, I mean, there are Beware obviously the sections zone. that yeah. like are scary, and then there will be like one or two that you're like. Who, who's who's weirded out by this, right? Like it'll be the hall that the floor slanted. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Listen, if you got an inner ear infection, you're just tipping over. <laughs> it's for everybody has plantar fasciitis. They just they can't do it. They just tip over. They forgot their stability shoe. I got weak ankles. <laughs> they can't do it. Yeah. It's true. Well, you know, I mean, you know, checker tile floors like that's like a lot of like you know chess memories for you i'm sure so. yeah i was cool with axe murder and then i just <laughs> and then i just started having flashbacks of eighth grade basketball rolling my ankles <laughs> that's okay i need to go on record and say um clowns don't really scare me and i always feel a little bit judgmental people that are like i'm terrified of clowns like i i understand on paper the idea of like a person in <laughs> like writing it down <laughs> On paper, I'm afraid of clowns. They got the makeup and the hair. The cars are too small. The shoes are too large. And I'm like, right. They're almost comic proportions. But for some folks, and I get like, if you grew up watching it as a little kid, because I, I didn't watch a lot of scary movies as a little kid. Like, I, I literally had the protected childhood that I never got scared like by movies because my mom just made sure it was like happy-go-lucky right. all the time. So now when I watch them, I'm like, oh, it's entertainment. Like there wasn't ever those like it got underneath my skin and like like became like a like a core memory for me. Like I didn't watch Child's Play with Chucky as a kid and swear off dolls. I'm like, it's ridiculous. He's two feet tall. Right? Like it just it never really sunk in that way. Now obviously movies that are like a little more spiritually scary, like those like 
exorcist level kind of like those do bother me because like that stuff I'm like fully convinced that like things go wrong yeah. and people's like that that is a thing I adhere to but the idea that it's like no man this guy dresses up in clown makeup and's gonna get you I'm like I don't you guys really like that's a thing that you're gonna do like I don't know I just there's evil in the world there's bad things that happen I don't know if being scared of like the clown version of it is like gonna make us better off or whatever I, I like that you're you're growing up always was positive clown so you just don't get it yeah we, we, bozo like, 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 yeah. Well, who doesn't like dropping a ping pong ball <laughs> yeah, like, in the bucket bing bong bing yeah yeah bing bong, bing bong. uh yeah so yeah i just i don't like it the other thing too is like i feel like there's they just continue to like stretch the edge of like these haunted houses where it's like sign this waiver and we we oh. can touch you and you're like yeah. i don't want that in my life no okay no if we're getting to the level of like hex house or like horror house where they're like actually like chasing you down with a chainsaw that has no blade on it i'm like that's just twisted right that's someone that's like i want to hurt people but i don't want to go to jail <coughs> like that's complicated right but like the rides at like amusement parks or like a disney park that's like ooh, i'm like that's that's fun it's good yeah, it's yeah. good times especially if it's like there was like a thing in the mirror that you only saw when you passed it it's like that's almost like how they do that magic versus like i can't sleep because of the butler's eyes haunt me in my night the the line outside of a haunted house is a special place. It really is. You know, that, that it's a special group of people. Like we're all gonna go get scared, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's always that one group where you can tell, like, there's that one friend they that, cajoled them into it. That yeah, did, does yeah. not want to be there. Yeah. right. Yeah, like t Tiffany wants out, but her boyfriend's going, and so they're all like dragging her along. Because you gotta He's have always one. the worst dude. <laughs> Buck up, all right. Buck up. It's not real. And then he gets scared or whatever. You're yeah. like, your guys are definitely breaking. Up <laughs> you guys, this is a healthy relationship. Anyway, uh, but we wanted to talk about some things that were healthy. That's a rough segue, but we're going to go with it, uh, about our, our community uh, or the, the invitation that we've had for some folks about the health and youth ministry. We, we've talked for a while that for this podcast, these conversations, we really value honesty and health, and we think one feeds the other. Uh, and then recently, we had both been asked to help a couple different churches if we coach up their youth pastors, their teams, whatever. And so this is our way of talking about Youth Ministry Booster as a community, but also I think as a conversation. Mm -hmm. we, we This this became around for us almost seven years ago. By the time we finish this series, it'll be seven years we've been podcasting together. And our commitment was we want to change some of the conversation in student ministry, some of the landscape for youth ministry leaders, pastors, um, as it relates to how they see what they do and how they kind of operate or balance success, health, and expectations. And so in the spirit of student ministry, we're going to joke and call these booster house rules, but these are the coaching principles, the seven most important principles for us, for those that lead in student ministry. There are things that your students need, faith formationally, that are not going to be on this list, but I think this list is going to cover a lot of things that we would want for you as you lead student ministry. If you're going to lead a group of young people and their parents inside of a church alongside a staff, mm -hmm. either of youth ministry folk or alongside colleagues and kids ministers and next-gen and senior leaders, if you would adhere to these seven principles, to practice these phrases in your life on a weekly basis, we feel like you would be better off, healthier, uh, and more honest about the reality of leading in student ministry. So 
The first one is care over compare. Mm. It's first because this has become one that's been really resonant internally to the community and almost an invitation to the booster way of doing ministry that we really think that caring over comparing pushes back against a lot of the current climate of ministry and an Instagram, social media, Facebook post age. You don't have to have too good or too bad of a Wednesday to go perusing at 1030 on a Wednesday night on Instagram or, or Facebook groups or whatever and feel either built up or tore down sure. based on who you've let into your algorithm, yeah. right? Well, uh, and that, that comparison thing really hits hits that, right? Like Because it's never like, oh, well, well it, it, it's often not, oh, well, I wished I was that. It becomes cynical of... Well, they only have a big group because of right. this. You start questioning all the things you don't know about them. Right. right. Like like somehow they're not doing as good of ministry as you yeah. because they have more students or because they— Big is bad. Big is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all of these kind of things. Or in, in the opposite way, maybe you're at the big— and you look at the smaller one, and it's like the comparison and judgment of yeah, those, well, I've got to figure it figured out if they own those did suckers, it like this right, um, and not really realizing like, hey, buddy, you maybe have a little bit of like privilege of kind of where you're at, right? And and there is something very humbling about, and I've known many many guys like this that grew up in the big church, you know, cut their ministry in the big mega church and then went and became the like head guy at a smaller church and then quickly realized, Oh, maybe I took a little bit of that for granted. Maybe it wasn't my success. Maybe it was, or I didn't realize they were asked to do so many things. Yeah. That's always one of the ones. Where's my media team at? (laughs) Right. I, I filmed it on my phone. Why doesn't it look good on Instagram? Oh, because you were the guy in the front and the back of the room. Right. And also planning kids ministry on the side. Yeah. yeah. So I think the care or compare thing is literally in a phrase, our way to say we champion this more than against over than the other thing. And so I think for a lot of folks, it becomes the thing that's like almost like the nudge of like care over compare. And it's a way to like see what somebody else is doing and, you know, champion it or celebrate it or, or ask, right? Like someone posts, about this, and it's a way to uh, invite in, to speak into, give life into, uh, and I think care is so often like a, such an important like starting block or like like posture. Like I, care, care is a practice. There are things that we can do that are caring, but I really think that care is a posture of like. We sit down and it's not the first thought of like, what can you do for me? What, what can you help me with? Comparison is like, how can I get out of yeah. care is like, what, what can I give to you? And it becomes that like, like it helps everybody's guard go yeah. down. It helps everybody be a little more honest because we actually can talk to each other and not try to like yeah. posture around like, what's he saying? He said yeah. this, but what's he really say? Like all those, like <clears throat> people post the thing that's like the veiled or the cloaked thing. And you're like, I think he's actually saying this. I don't know what's going on here. When you're caring, you get to be genuine yeah. in a way that comparison would not allow you to be. Well, I'm excited to walk through that in a future episode. Yeah. I'm really talking about how we move from comparison to care. Yeah. Uh, second one is person before pastor. 
person before pastor. Uh, for for us, this is the important thing to state that a lot of us often lift the calling uh, above the reality of what it means to be a person that was called. Uh, the title of youth pastor, youth minister, associate pastor, uh, maybe one day senior pastor can get in the way of being Chad, yep, child of God, husband to Martha, father to Malia, which are not the title of pastor is a high and holy calling to be sure and should be treated as such. Uh, but before uh, before you were called, you were created yeah. and cared for by a loving God that values you more than what you can do, uh, especially if your role, job, title change. Yeah. Um, but you will always be who you are before you do what you do. Yeah. And I think that that's really important too when we get into um, the nuts and bolts of, okay, so here's the scenario. You have a Wednesday night where the energy just feels dead. Yeah. We've all been there, yeah. right? Like you did all the right things and it fell flat. Right. Like who who knew what happened, right? It was probably like uh, mid-year testing all week long at school, right? Yeah. And so Wednesday night goes off, energy's down. And for so many youth pastors, they go home and it's this feeling of, I'm not a good youth pastor or I did something and it becomes I, I, I off of the outcome of the role instead of realizing that like, no, no, like I'm different, right? Like I'm not my work. Right. And I think that that's a very healthy place to be at when we start to understand, no, like we can have failures. We can have like bad nights, those kind of things that don't necessarily like train wreck us into going down this like horrible mental health, like swirl of I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. Well, I, th- I think it helps us own the success and failure proportionately. Yeah. Um, it feels really good to say I, when it was successful, Yeah, it feels really painful to say I, when it was failure. Yeah. And those need to feel not the same, um, but be weighted in a way that the success would not overinflate us and the, and the failure would not destroy us. Um, the third one is this, work hard, rest hard. Uh, this was one that you wanted to note, especially because it values two things in one. One, which is to have a really uh, notable uh, work ethic that you when you show up, you're ready to work. Yep. Uh, it's not... Uh, that we are defined by how hard that we can work. Uh, it's in comparison with the work and the rest. Um, but there is an intensity for when we show up to work that we work hard, a work ethic, uh, but also that we would rest hard and we yeah. would really commit to that. There was a rest ethic that like, if it's Sabbath, we really mean it. And we're not like, ah, I mean, I typically take Fridays off, but what's one more meeting or whatever. Well, um, I think, I think youth pastors, I think not just in like, the whole ecosystem of work, I think there's a a bad stereotype that's happened, and probably because it's been prevalent, is there's a laziness within youth pastors, mm. right? Like, th- the joke should not be that we lost our receipts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that says something about the culture Messy office, happy life. Correct. Right, like if, right. If we're joking about that, like mm, ant trap, <laughs> we're we're leaning into that as uh, who we are. A lowest common denominator for who we are, who we could be. Yeah. yeah. And so I think I think for us, wanting to raise that bar of, you know what what I want youth ministry booster youth pastors to be known for, 
working our tail off. Right. Like doing hard things, being okay with failure because we're trying hard things, but overcoming them, getting better at it, not quitting, having grit uh, that I think ministry requires, but then also on that, that other end that we don't just become workaholic people. We don't just become people that like run our wills for no reason, but we also understand a biblical understanding of rest and that we become people that don't just rest by vegging out on Netflix, yeah. but by finding peace and comfort in God. That's good. Uh, we'll visit that more in a future episode, but the next one to share uh, related to um, some of the ways that we fill our time is questions, not comments. Mm-hmm. I think for the vegged out youth pastor, uh, there can be at times a solicitation of more comments on a Facebook group than asking real key questions or uh, valuing context. Um, I think one of the things that really matters for the way in which we work hard and rest hard is to leverage the help where we can leverage the help and not offer the advice unless we're committed to the solution. Uh, and so one of the things for a leadership posture internally to the office, uh, externally with other ministers, is that we be the question askers and not just the comment givers. Um, free advice is a worth about the price you paid for it. Uh, the next one is never do ministry alone. Uh, again, youth ministry for us is a certain level of community. Uh, there, There is no one that understands youth ministry like another youth pastor, and we think that you should never swim alone and you should never do ministry alone. And it's not that you will always have the the abundance of staff team together. Like that's kind of a fun thing when you get to have, you know, folks on your staff team talking about youth ministry at your church every day, all day. Um, but there is another youth minister in your town, in your area, or in the community. That's yeah. one of the things that we really value, uh, whether it's folks serving in Alaska, part-time, volunteer, East Coast. Uh, we've been able to offer community to those to to uh, rectify, realize, uh, and see that there is other folks that are doing ministry together. Uh, two more. Uh, play the long game, which I think is a perspective issue for a lot of us in ministry, um, to hear that we are not just living into um, the decision of right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really good to have a great summer. It's even better to have six great yeah. summers. It's really awesome to have a killer sermon series. It's even better to have a scope and sequence of three and six years to fully equip your students and not just try to you know yeah. load up on them in two weeks in October because you had the time. Um, it. It is that ministry, student ministry in particular, is a long game in a short season. Uh, if youth ministry was planting crops, um, it's not the full life cycle. Yeah. If kids' ministry is planting seeds, then student ministry is hoping to grow roots and see a little bit of the fruit. Um, but a lot of the payoff for really good student ministry comes after our time with those students is done. Yeah. And and we've got to say it because there are some times that the eighth grader 10th grader, 11th grader feels like, man, are you ever going to learn? Are you ever going to grow? And they end up being one of the most awesome interns turned youth ministers that you know. Shout out to one of our listeners who I love right now so much. (laughs) But I think there is something to like the longer game um, of what we're trying to do beyond just the three, five, seven years that we have them. Yeah. Isn't that cool too to like, because I think if you haven't been doing it for long, 
you feel like the trajectory of your group only goes in one direction. Right. Right. The, the, the chart either goes like, uh, down to the right or up to the right. 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 And in reality, like you will always have some sort of wave. Yeah. And to, to, to realize that like, just because you had a hard summer doesn't mean that every summer is going to be hard. That's right. That's right. And well, one of the most, uh, important seasons of my life in ministry was a few years ago when we had started this, this like in the second or third year. And we had identified at the church I was serving at the time that there was a group of fourth graders and fifth graders coming up. Mm. And we made plans over two years in advance to get ready to receive those students into a brand new middle school ministry because we knew that it was going to take the time and the planning to make that kind of seismic shift. And so seeing that those things came in waves and to play the long game accordingly, that we were setting up for it years in advance and not just next month, next week. I think that's I think that's one of the things to push back to is a lot of ministry folks can live in the week to week. Did we win this week? Did we lose this week? But man, if ministry's baseball, to borrow another yeah. set of metaphors, like you're gonna play a lot of games, yeah. man. It's a batting average. You're gonna have a lot of at bats. If preaching is batting, the ministry is a is a long season. And there's going to be some dog days this summer, uh, but there's still a pennant chase in the fall. So, Well, that's why I'm a big proponent of um, if you're counting numbers, n- numerical numbers, those should those should be evaluated either on the half year or the year. Yeah, yeah. Like instead of looking week to week. Week to week, up and down. What up and that? down, right? Like Because that's going to change so much. To be able to ask the question of, okay, how much do we either grow or shrink? Semester to semester. From semester to semester, year to year. yeah. That's good. That's good. Uh, and then the last one is, and this is, I think, something that we've been trying to say in a couple other places, but we really wanted to name it here, is that we need to fill before we serve. So if ministry is the water pitcher at dinner and we're trying to keep everybody else's cup full, um, you've got to understand that every time you're giving away, you are depleting what you had to offer. Yeah. And if you don't take the time to actually fill and refill, you actually aren't not serving. It's a disservice instead of a service. Well, I think it's cranky you versus good yeah. you. <laughs> well, I, I think one of the, a lot of the things that we had before this one, I think are learned through this one, right? Like, yeah. It is the walking with Jesus. It is the realizing that this is not about you. It's, you know what I mean? Like you're called to serve. All of these kind of things fall inside of this like being filled with Christ and the Holy Spirit and and ministering and walking out of that sense instead of becoming really good entrepreneurs or leaders. Making a lot of savvy moves yeah. instead of faithful or spiritual moves. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really, it, it's easy to fall into, especially in a season like this where things could get um, really defined or measured in increments instead of big picture. Um, but I think this is the trying, faithful season to do to do as sure. right as you can, as often as you can. So we'll get into these more in the next few weeks. But Chad, I'm I'm excited. Uh, we're coming up on seven years of podcasting together, uh, which is no small thing. And the long game. I'm excited to announce my retirement <laughs> at the end of this term. Great. That's not true. It's surprises. I made my stride, Zach. Really? Oh, it's I'm, good. No, you know we're over 250 episodes into this. I would hope you have a little bit of. Your I told part you what out. I what I tell you. I told you I do 11. 
Okay. Well, this is the tenth one, and then okay. we're going to do a hundred more tenth episodes. And so I don't even know what it used. It used to be in podcasting if you did more than three, you were in a certain percentage, and if you did over ten, it was like the next like thing. I can't even imagine. Like, there's got to be not a lot of folks doing a couple hundred plus episodes of the podcast and still enjoying it, but. It's been fun, man. I'm excited to do a little retrospect in a few weeks, a little live show with some friends. It'll be fun. But seven years, dude. We should bring back Shark Week for our oldest. Oh, just for the fall, a little fall Shark Week. <laughs> it's already passed. Those were good times. It's good times. So thanks for listening to this. Uh, we've got a couple of episodes coming for you in a few weeks on these uh, Healthy Principles Conversation Starters and Youth Ministry from our Youth Ministry Booster community. Thankful for the leadership that you have exude and do. Uh, hope you are well, friend. Feel free to comment, share, email us. Let us know how you're doing. We talked about it in the podcast a little bit, but I wanted to stop here and just say, if you're not doing okay in ministry and you need some help and the ideas like health, honesty, community feel far off for you, would you reach out and email us either at booster at youthministrybooster.com or Zach, Z-A-C at youthministrybooster.com or Chad at youthministrybooster.com or give us a direct message on Instagram or Facebook. We don't just say it. We mean it. We care about you and the work that you do. And we are a big fan of not just your ministry, but you.